0: Chapter One of Lorna Doone. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rosanna Taranta. Lorna Doone by R.D. Blackmore. Chapter One. Elements of Education. If anybody cares to read a simple tale told simply, I. John Ridd, of the parish of Orr, in the county of Somerset, yeoman and churchwarden, have seen and had a share in some doings of this neighbourhood, which I will try to set down in order, God sparing my life and memory. And they who light upon this book should bear in mind not only that I write for the clearing of our parish from ill-fame and calumny, but also a thing which will, I trow, appear too often in it. To wit, that I am nothing more than a plain, unlettered man, not read in foreign languages, as a gentleman might be, nor gifted with long words, even in my own tongue. Save what I may have won from the Bible, or Master William Shakespeare, whom, in the face of common opinion, I do value highly. In short, I am an ignoramus, but pretty well for a yeoman. My father, being of good substance, at least as we reckon in Exmoor, and seized in his own right from many generations of one, and that the best and largest of the three farms into which our parish is divided, or rather the cultured part thereof, he, John Ridd the Elder, churchwarden and overseer, being a great admirer of learning, and well able to write his name, sent me his only son to be schooled at Tiverton, in the county of Devon. For the chief boast of that ancient town, next to its woolen staple, is a worthy grammar school, the largest in the west of England, founded and handsomely endowed in the year 1604 by Master Peter Blundell, of that same place, clothier. Here, by the time I was twelve years old, I had risen into the upper school, and could make bold with Eutropus and Caesar by aid of an English version, and as much as six lines of Ovid—some even said that I might, before manhood, rise almost to the third form, being of a persevering nature—albeit, by full consent of all, except my mother, thick-headed, but that would have been, as I now perceive, an ambition beyond a farmer's son, for there is but one form above it, and that made of masterful scholars, entitled rightly monitors. So it came to pass, by the grace of God, that I was called away from learning, whilst sitting at the desk of the junior first in the upper school, and beginning the Greek verb phyro, "'My eldest grandson makes bold to say "'that I never could have learned Fero, Ten pages further on being all he himself could manage, "'with plenty of stripes to help him. "'I know that he hath more head than I, "'there never will he have such body, "'and am thankful to have stopped betimes "'with a meek and wholesome headpiece. "'But if you doubt of my having been there, "'because now I know so little,' "'Go and see my name, John Ridd, graven on that very form. "'Forsooth, from the time I was strong enough to open a knife and to spell my name, "'I began to grave it in the oak. first of the block whereupon I sate, and then of the desk in front of it, "'according, as I was promoted, from one to the other of them. "'And there my grandson reads it now.' at this present time of writing, and hath fought a boy for scoffing at it. John Ridd his name, and done again in Winkies, a mischievous but cheerful device, in which we took great pleasure. This is the manner of a Winky, which I here set down, lest child of mine, or grandchild, dare to make one on my premises. If he does, I shall know the mark at once, and score it well upon him. The scholar obtains by prayer or price, a handful of saltpeter, and then, with the knife wherewith he should rather be trying to mend his pens, what does he do but scoop a hole where the desk is some three inches thick? This hole should be left with the middle exalted, and the circumference dug more deeply. Then let him fill it with saltpeter— all save a little space in the midst where the boss of the wood is. Upon that boss, and it would be better if a splinter of timber rise upward. He sticks the end of his can- candle-tallow, or rat's-tallow or rat's as we called it, kindled and burning smoothly. Anon, as he reads by that light his lesson, lifting his eyes now and then it may be, the fire of candle lays hold of the peter, with a spluttering noise and a leaping. Then, should the pupil seize his pen, and regardless of the nib, stir bravely, and he will see a glow as of burning mountains, and a rich smoke, and sparks going merrily. Nor will it cease, if he stir wisely, and there be a good store of Peter, until the wood is devoured through, like the sinking of a well-shaft. Now, well may it go with the head of a boy intent upon his primer, who betides to sit thereunder, but, above all things, have good care to exercise this art before the master strides up to his desk in the early grey of the morning. Other customs, no less worthy, abide in the school of Blundell, such as the singeing of nightcaps, but though they have a pleasant savour and refreshing to think of, I may not stop to note them, unless it be that goodly one at the incoming of a flood. The schoolhouse stands beside a stream, not very large, called Loman, which flows into the broad river of X about a mile below. This Loman stream, although it be not fond of brawl and violence in the manner of our Lynn, yet it Yet is wont to flood into a mighty head of waters when the storms of rain provoke it, and most of all when its little comate called the Taunton Brook, where I have plucked the very best cresses that ever man put salt on, comes foaming down like a great roan horse and rears at the leap of the hedgerows. then are the gray stone walls of Blundell on every side encompassed. THE VAL IS SPREAD OVER WITH LOOPING WATERS, AND IT IS A HARD THING FOR THE day boys TO GET HOME TO THEIR SUPPERS. AND IN THAT TIME OLD COP, THE PORTER, SO CALLED BECAUSE HE HATH COPPER BOOTS TO KEEP THE WET FROM HIS STOMACH, AND A NOSE OF COPPER ALSO, IN RIGHT OF OTHER WATERS, HIS PLACE IS TO STAND AT THE GATE, ATTENDING TO THE FLOODBOARDS, GROOVED INTO ONE ANOTHER, AND SO TO WATCH THE TORRENTS RISE AND NOT BE WASHED AWAY. If it please God, he may help it. But longer the flood hath attained this height, and while it is only waxing, certain boys of deputy will watch at the stoop of the drain-holes, and be apt to look outside the walls when Cop is taking a cordial. And in the very front of the gate, just without the archway, where the ground is paved most handsomely, you may see in copy-letters done a great P.B. of white pebbles. Now it is the custom, and the law, that when the invading waters, either flexing along the wall from below the road-bridge, or pouring sharply across the meadows from a cut called Owen's Ditch—and I myself have seen it come both ways—upon the very instant when the waxing element lips, though it be but a single pebble of the founder's letters— it is in the license of any boy, soever small and undoctrined, to rush into the great schoolrooms where a score of masters sit heavily and scream at the top of his voice, P. B. Then with a yell the boys leap up or break away from their standing. They toss their caps to the black beamed roof, and haply the very books after them and the great boys vex no more the small ones, than the small boys stick up to the great ones. One with another hard they go to see the gain of the waters and the tribulation of cop, and are prone to kick the day boys out with words of scanty compliment. Then the masters look at one another, having no class to look to, and, boy boys being no more left to watch, in a manner they put their mouths up, with a spirited bang they close their books and make invitation, the one to the other, for pipes and foreign cordials, recommending the chance of the time and the comfort away from cold water. But, lo! I am dwelling on little things and the pigeon's eggs of the infancy, forgetting the bitter and heavy life gone over me since then. If I am neither a hard man nor a very close one— God knows I have had no lack of rubbing and pounding to make stone of me. Yet I cannot somehow believe that we ought to hate one another, to live far asunder, and block the mouth each of his little den, as do the wild beasts of the wood and the hairy outrangs, now brought over each with a chain upon him. Let that matter be as it will. It is beyond me to unfold, and mayhap, of my grandson's grandson. All I know is that wheat is better than when I began to sow it. End of chapter 1